Hi, I'm Michael Depp, editor of TV News Check, and I'm with Paige Albiniak, contributing writer for TV News Check, and we are Talking TV. Hi, Paige. Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm well, thanks. And we are talking TV amid a raging, dramatic thunderstorm in the background here. So these are not piped in effects. They are actual if we have cracking thunder and lightning behind. It's live TV, Michael. Great. It's exciting. Yeah. So, Paige, you did a, uh, a great story for us this week looking at um, the issues facing live television, live TV being kind of one of... Um, one of its greatest value propositions for viewers in an age of streaming. And so, and yet it has had some problems. Um, and I'd like to, to start out um, asking you, what has been the crux of the problem for live TV viewing during the pandemic? Well, it's interesting because definitely at the beginning of the pandemic, what I thought was that TV, it would be this great boon for television because you know, everyone's at home, so they'll be watching TV all the time. And at, at the beginning, that was true. As the pandemic has gone on and on and on, you know, people have kind of gone back to dealing with their lives. I think that's one piece of it. I think things that they spent time being interested in in the past, like football um, or baseball, things like that, are are less interesting. There's multiple reasons for that. The reason I got mostly from TV researchers was that the absence of a live audience affects the amount that people want to view. So that's one reason. And people also make that argument for like syndicated shows that with those talk shows, people don't want to watch them with no audience. I don't know. I mean, they're doing research with focus groups. So I'm, I'm assuming there's truth to that. To me, one of the things I think is that there's a lack of stakes. So if you're the NFL season and you're building into the Super Bowl, but it's a really weird season where a bunch of stuff got canceled and you don't feel like it's full force, I think you're less interested in the whole season long arc of it. And then taking that theory to award shows, I think it's the same. Whereas not so much with TV, because TV is as strong as ever, but like with the Oscars, which we don't know how it's going to do, but the guess is that it will be down. You know, this is just, it's not a full strength movie year. People held back a lot of movies because there was nowhere to release them. So, and you know, it's funny because people will say people haven't seen these movies, but truthfully, these are probably the most accessible movies Ever. You can see right. them all on streaming, which you've never been able to see all of them on streaming before. So, but what happens with Oscars remains to be seen, but that's the guess. So there's multiple factors that are weighing into why live television is less. One other piece is that in this pandemic year, we saw multiple streaming services come online. We saw HBO Max, we saw Peacock, um, Discovery Plus just came online. So on-demand viewing has only accelerated and drastically during the pandemic. Right. But, but even if live viewing is down, it seems that advertisers are still drawn to it. So why? Well, it's, this is sort of the thesis of my story, which is that there's still nothing else like it. There's nothing else that accrues an audience like a big live television event. So the Super Bowl which is maybe the, like, the exception that proves the rule, if I understand that phrase correctly. So that Super Bowl was, if I remember correctly, the lowest rated of all time. I think it ultimately 96.4 million tuned in, including streaming. 
So that was down, but you're still gathering a hundred million people to see ads basically. And there's nothing else like it on TV. And then take that to the NFL down 7% across all games average this season. And then they still did a $110 billion deal for 10 years across four services. And you know, the NFL still brings audiences that are three times anything else. So that's, sports now it's less for nba it's less for mlb all of that but it's still sports you still get a bigger audience that you can have all at once to show your product to um now where this becomes less so again is award shows so the academy awards used to be the biggest entertainment show on tv that's been declining every year what happens with those shows oscars globes emmys that's what is what we don't know because they have been going down and people don't think they'll go back up. And, you know, I don't, people don't watch TV in that same way anymore. And a lot of what gets nominated and awarded is kind of obscure. So those shows face a different problem than sports. Right. And, and, and I'm going to come back to that in just a moment, but it seems based on your story that we, we now have this bifurcation of the marketplace between live and on-demand viewing. So can you explain that dynamic and how it's playing out? I'm going to start with a kind of a counter example, which is that one thing that's happening, I think that's been happening for a while. You saw it really happen with Game of Thrones. Now you you saw it with WandaVision and you're seeing it with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is that those are on-demand plays, but they're getting a lot of engagement across fandom podcasts, social media. So that's a place where those things have value because of the live conversation that happens afterwards. So that's a that's sort of a separate thing, but that issue has value. Um, you know, there's just no, like I said before, there's no other place to bring together an audience like live television, especially broadcast TV, because everyone has it. Everyone does not have Disney Plus. Everyone does not have HBO Max. Everyone has access to NBC. And one other good example of this, which is a very hard thing to recreate, but really showed what this power is, is Oprah's interview with Meghan and Harry, which, you know, overnight, I believe 17 million viewers and more probably across and still is still in the conversation as Prince Philip died, they're still referring back to that interview. So, you know, the more kinds of things that television can get like that, the better. I think the other thing though is, that even though those kinds of things have incredible value, it's just harder to find them. They are less common. It used to be, you know, everybody gathered around for must see TV on Thursday night. Now that's much harder to come by. So the rarity of it is the challenge, but it's also the value. We can be sure that they will try to catch that lightning in a bottle and, and yeah. capitulate that dynamic, but it's hard. It was, there was a certain spontaneity to that, even though of course it was planned but um, <laughs> cultural phenomena nature of it was, um, was, was somewhat spontaneous. So you keep bringing up award shows. They, um, they seem to be really more acutely suffering. So what's the prognosis for those shows, both in the short and in the long term? Well, if I had the answer to that question, I would be doing a different job. But um, I mean, I think that as somebody said in the story that in the net, you know, those award shows ratings are down from five years ago and they aren't going to come back up. Unlike things like the NFL, which post pandemic people expect to rebound, the Emmys are probably never going to come back to where they were in like 2013, which is closer to 10 years ago. Same with the Oscars. So, you know, I think the real question to consider is with streaming, 
what do you do to these award shows to make them more interesting to everybody and to get more exposure? If somebody brought up, and I believe this was the, the um, NCAA, no, the NC, ah, WAP. No, it wasn't March Madness. It was the Image Awards. The, um, so, and they were played across all of the Viacom CBS platforms. So that includes Paramount Plus and CBS and BET and so, and BET Plus. And so they, across those platforms, accrued a bigger rating. So I think you'd see more things like that, like the Oscars, ABC has the rights. You'll probably see that air on Disney Plus, on Hulu, and maybe do some Oscar packaging, you know, ways to increase the viewership across. And then I personally think, and this is what we haven't really seen, is cracking the code on how do you make those feel more interesting to younger people, more social media friendly, more, less like here's an award, here's an award, here's a speech. You know, the Grammys at least, or the MTV Video Music Awards, have performances that are live typically not so this year yes but in like socially distanced areas but you know those shows have a draw because that's spon spontaneous and it's a performance you know the emmys and the oscars it's just celebrities handing out statues so i think that's that's what needs to change it seems just like a massive generational difference here and the entire yeah code of these kinds of shows needs to be rewritten to be relevant it just won't be a three-hour award show or the oscars you know goes on to what four hours sometimes is not going to cut it and had been yeah. uh, declining for years anyway from what i've heard about the oscars they're looking at um this year of course the stakes seem to be they seem to be doomed to failure in many ways you know before it even happens but i think that there's they're, they're aiming for something of a more cinematic approach to the way that they're producing it something that, that breaks the cuts the the, the cloth um, from the previous examples or previous shows, but I, I guess we are going to need to see an overhaul uh, in order for them to start to and be relevant in a whole do a whole different paradigmatic way. To you know, I mean, this year will be different just because it's COVID. So you know they're going to do it in person, but with no audience. So that'll be feel different than what we've seen so far, but still feel COVIDy, which is a thing. Like people are sick of seeing COVIDy stuff. Um, you have Steven Soderbergh producing it, which that could provide a really interesting twist, but I don't know that- A heist element to it then, in other words, like an ocean- Yeah, and well, that would be better. <laughs> yeah, if they had a heist, people stole the statues or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what's interesting about the award shows though is, and this is not really a live TV issue, but the real value of award shows is actually the marketing. So not just the marketing for the network that carries them, so that's part of it, but also for the products that are highlighted within them. So for example, you know, HBO's used its Emmy wins as marketing for many years and kind of set the standard for that, which Netflix then kind of came in and took over the playbook for that. And then on the Oscars, Netflix has, and Comcast has this too, this whole section of like, here, watch our Oscar stuff. And so as a marketing piece, you know, those shows have a lot of value. So, you know, that's another piece of the factor in like how relevant are the ratings versus what kind of brand value do you get out of them? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think as this discussion continues to evolve, go on, we need to bring psychologists into it it's like <laughs> to really understand the psyche of the market um, even more. Than if only there were more psychologists, really. For dedicated to television <laughs> consumption, yeah. but we'll, we'll find them. Well, thanks very much, Paige. It's an interesting story. You can read it now on TV News Check. And as ever, you can find this podcast, not just on TV News Check's homepage, but in all of the places where you consume audio podcasts. Thanks a lot, Paige. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Michael. Stay dry.
Thanks. Bye. Thank you.